بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد نسلی اللہ رسول الکریم اما بعد الحمد للہ ٹوڈے از دا فرسٹ آف اپریل ان دا ایئر الحمد للہ وی موڈ آن ٹو دا ٹینتھ دس ڈے آف دا ہولی منتھ آف رمدان verse 6 which we've started of surah maida so to continue with the verse to the end audhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem bismillahir rahmanir rahim if you are in a state of ceremonial impurity bathe your whole body but if you are ill or on a journey or one of you comes from the offices of nature or you have been in contact with women and you find no water then take for yourselves clean sand or earth and rub there with your faces and hands allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not wish to place you in a difficulty but to make you clean and to complete his favor to you that you may be grateful so like i mentioned yesterday this verse was revealed due to the incident of the necklace of sayyida aisha radiyallahu and notice it mentions at the end tayyibah So, a few things are mentioned here. So, if you look at the verse, Allah Ta'ala uses aphorisms. So, it mentions, if you are on a journey or one of you comes from ghait, min al-ghait. So, here, Hafiz ibn Abdul Rabbih, rahmatullahi alayhi, in his Al-Ikl Al-Farid, volume 2, page 251 of the English translation, he mentions, Allah the Almighty has alluded to sexual intercourse by saying touch, mulamasa, and to excrement by saying privy, ghait. He said, and he recited the verse, if any of you comes from the privy, ghait, or you have touched women. So note, Allah Ta'ala could have said, Those of you who've had a call of nature, but he uses ghait. So ghait here, Hafiz ibn Abdul Rabbih, he said, is a depression in the ground. And his plural is ghitan. So why does Allah Ta'ala do this? Because he uses allusions and insinuations. He uses the most choicest words. And of course, touch women doesn't mean touch. It means have to full intimacy. So here, Allah Ta'ala talks about Tayyibam. So, a few things mentioned. So, in a hadith in Nasai, number 320, Abu Dawood, number 332 and 3, with a Sahih channel transmission. Then, number 124, Hassan Sahih. Ahmad in his Musnad, number 20,342. Hakim in his Mustadrak Sahih. Ibn Hiban Sahih. Ibn Khuzayma Sahih. Behaqi. Abu Dhar radiyallahu anhu in a list that our beloved messenger said sallallahu alayhi wa sallam inna sa'id at-tayyiba wudu'u al-muslimi wa in lam yajidil ma'a ashra sinin clean earth is a source of purification for the muslim even if he does not find water for 10 years subhanallah so in this sahih hadith the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said a hypothetical 
if you don't have access to water even for 10 years. He said, clean earth is a source for you. Imam Bukhari mentions a similar hadith from Hassan al-Basri and many others. The following hadith also proves this. The hadith is in Tabarani, volume 20, page 337. Hakim ibn Muawiyah relates from his uncle, Radiyallahu, who asked Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Sometimes I do not have access to water for a whole month and my wife is also with me. May I have sexual relations with her in this case? The Prophet said, yes. I again asked him, I do not have access to water for the whole month. The Prophet said, even if you don't have access to water for three years, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so here one of the companions, it was a practical problem for him. He thought, I don't have water, but I'm with my wife for the whole month. Meaning, surely I shouldn't even approach her then. The Prophet says, no, no problem. He goes, even if you don't have access to water for three years, he goes, you can do tayyibah. <coughs> so this is again the mercy of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Also it mentions, so this is in the work, Simplified Islamic Jurisprudence based on the Quran and Sunnah, volume 1, page 50. It has been related that Sayyidina Ali said concerning a man who is on a journey and becomes in a state of Janaba, yet he has little water and fears he should be attacked by thirst. Ali said such a man can perform ablution instead of ghusl. <coughs> so this is a very interesting uh, hukum by Amir al-Mumini. So you got a little bit of water. A person is on a journey. So obviously it's not enough for the ghusl. So Hazrat Ali said, you don't do tayyib. You do wudu and then you pray. So there's another intermediate category which Hazrat Ali was referring to here. <coughs> so another question which people pose. And it's with regards to the striking. So how do you do tayyamah? So you basically strike the earth once or twice, which I'll mention. And then you wipe your face and your arms. So there's a hadith in Sayyid Bukhari and Muslim. Ammar ibn Yasir radiyallahu The Prophet sent me on an end. And I became in a state of janab. But I did not find any water. Thus I rolled myself on the ground as an animal does. When I returned to the Prophet and informed him, he said, it would have been sufficient for you to do this. And he stroked the earth with his hands. He blew the dust off, passed his hands over his face and hands. So now this is the report. That was interesting. He was in a major state of impurity. And the tayyamum is exactly the same. So logically you think, okay, you need to do wudu, you can do tayyamum. But if you are in a major state of impurity, surely tayyamum is not enough. So this is why Ammar rolled in dust. He was thinking, I've got to cover my entire body with dust. And the Prophet said, no, because you just need to do tayyib. Whether you're in a minor state of impurity or major. So this is mentioning one strike. It doesn't mention two. However, 
the majority of scholars maintain that two strikes are required for tayyib. One with which one rubs one's face and one with which one rubs one's arms to the elbows. Some scholars view that it is permissible to do one strike. This is the view adopted by Imam Bukhari and Imam Ahmad. Yet, the majority of scholars say two is for precaution to guard against an other. And there's actually a report. <coughs> so the hadith is recorded in Darukut. Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhu that our beloved messenger said, sallallahu alayhi wa Tayyibum is two strikes. One strike for the face and one strike for the two hands up to the elbows. So another report explicitly mentions two strikes. So you strike the earth, you blow the dust off, you wipe your face. You strike the earth, you blow the dust off, and you wipe your arms. But according to Imam Ahmad, one strike is sufficient. However, for piety too, you know, covers. In the work by Ibn Qudama al-Maqdisi Fiqh of Worship, it mentions that, page 94, what invalidates wudu, invalidates taymu. The other invalidators of tayyibum are the ending of the salat time <coughs> and the ability to use water even if you are in salah. So this is a humbly ruling. This is a humbly. So what have the imams mentioned? Imam Abu Hanifa and Imam Ahmed in another verdict, they mentioned that the ending of the salat time does not invalidate tayyibum. So what does that mean? So there's no water. You do tayyibum. You've offered your salat. <coughs> the next salat time enters. According to Imam Abu Hanifa and one view of Imam Ahmad, your tayyimam is still intact. According to Imam Malik Shafi and Imam Ahmad's established viewpoint, no. When the prayer time elapses, the tayyimam also goes. You have to do a fresh tayyimam. So this is one difference of opinion. The second, what if you find water and you're in salat? So you started the prayer. But the water has now been found. According to Imam Ahmad, that terminates the prayer because you have to use the water. However, Imam Malik, Imam Shafi and another view of Imam Ahmad is that your prayer is accepted even if water is found during during the time. So these are some of the rulings with regards to Tayyip. Also, in the work by Qadi As-Safadi, The Mercy in the Difference of Opinion, the Four Sunni Schools of Islamic Law. He mentions here a few rulings, page 14. Imam Shafi, Imam Malik, Imam Ahmad say, it is not permitted to combine two further prayers with one tayyibah. Whether you are at home or you are a traveler. Imam Abu Hanifa says, Rahmatullah, that tayyibah is like wudu. It lasts until it is broken or water is found. Tayyimam is not permitted before the time of Salat by Imam Malik and Shafi and Ahmad. Imam Abu Hanifa allows it. These are rulings. So the time of prayer has not entered. According to Imam Malik, Shafi and Ahmad, you can't do Tayyimam. You have to wait until the time ends. Why? Because water might be found. Imam Abu Hanifa says you can. So these are rulings. Another on page 15 of the same work. If someone is imprisoned and he cannot get water, so this is a practical problem, obviously, sometimes in prison there's no water, he should do tayyimum and pray 
according to Imam Malik and Imam Ahmad, he does not need to repeat the prayer. Imam Abu Hanifa has two reports. The first is that he should not pray until he, he leaves prison or finds water. And the second is he should pray with Tayyimam and repeat the prayer, which is the position of Imam Shafi. So the prisoner without water, there's a difference of opinion. Imam Malik and Ahmad said, he does Tayyimam, he prays. Imam Abu Hanifa goes, no. One view, he needs to find water. And the other view, he does pray with Tayyimam, but he repeats it. And this is the view of Imam Shafi as well. What about the scenario where you can't find water or earth? <laughs> it could happen. If someone cannot find any water or earth and the time of Salat comes, Imam Abu Hanifa rahmatullah says, he should not pray until he finds water or earth. There are three positions from Imam Malik. One is the same as Imam Abu Hanifa, no Salat. The second is he should pray as he is. And repeat the prayer where he finds water or earth, which is the preferred opinion of Imam Shafi and one view of Imam Ahmad. Ahmad has a second position, which is he should pray and does not need to repeat the prayer. And that is also the third position of Imam Malik. So simply put, what's happening? No water, no, not even earth. So according to Imam Abu Hanifa, Sadat's exempt, he's exempt from it. Until he finds water or earth. Imam Malik, that's one of his views. The other view is that the prayer needs to be repeated. And the others I've mentioned. Another question. So, Imam Baba Hanifa, like I've mentioned, he mentions that you strike the earth twice. One for the face, one for the hands and arms. The sound is Shafi position is like Imam Baba Hanifa. Imam Malik and Imam Ahmad says it is enough to strike the earth once for both the face and the hands. Malik prefers two strikes. So what's interesting, Imam Malik says once is enough. But he says, I prefer you do two strikes because of the other hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And also we should be very grateful for Tayyip because the previous ummats, they had no Tayyip. This is only for this ummah. The Prophet وسلم, said, the earth has been made a place of purity for me. <laughs> so this is a great honor for us that Allah has allowed us. Imagine even the previous prophets couldn't you do Taymah. We were given something that even was not given to the previous prophets. What if a person is wounded? Can he do Taymah? <clears throat> so this is very important. There's two reports. The long report is weak. <clears throat> the summarized report of the same incident is Sahih. So let's mention the long report. So where is this recorded? In Abu Dawood number 336, uh, 1-190, and it's, it's a Daif report. Jabr relates, we were on a journey. A person with us was hit by a rock. So his head was inflicted with a wound. He then fell asleep and he had a wet dream. <coughs> so he's wounded. He's had a wet dream, he needs to have a bath. When he awoke, he asked his companions, do you think I have a concession to perform tayyibah? Meaning, water is available, but I've got a wound. So, am I excused? They said, we don't think you are allowed this concession whilst you are capable of using water. Thus, he performed ghusl, 
and he died due to it. When we return to the Prophet ﷺ, he was informed. He thereupon said, "Qataluhu qatalahum Allah. Allah salu if lam yalamu fa inna ma shifaul iyiswal." They killed him. May Allah kill them. Why did they not ask if they did not know? Verily, the cure to ignorance is asking. It would have been sufficient for him to perform tayyamun and to drop some water on his head or to tie a bandage over his wound. Musa, one of the narrators, was not sure which wording was correct to wipe over it and wash the rest of his body. So this is the long report and it has a weakness, meaning it's weak. But now what's interesting, look at the wording, look how angry the Prophet God said, They killed him. May Allah kill them. Now the Sahih Hadith. In Abu Dawood number 337, Ibn Majah number 572, Ahmed in his Musnad 1-330, Hakim in his Mustadrak 1-178, Sahih, Behaki 1-226, Sahih. Abdullah ibn Abbas, he said, A person was wounded during the time of Rasulullah. He then had a wet dream. He was commanded to perform ghusl. He performed ghusl and he died. This news reached Rasulullah who said, They killed him. May Allah kill them is not the cure to ignorance asking. So now let's look at this. So the incident definitely took place. The London report has a weakness, but it doesn't really affect the meaning. So now this is what fascinating. Sheikh Nuh mentions, Sheikh Nuh Hamim Kala, Hafizullah. He said, look at the anger of Rasulullah. He goes, he's rahmatan lil alameen. He goes, he would never curse. And yet, when somebody gave an incorrect fatwa, he cursed them. He goes, may Allah kill them. They killed him. May Allah kill them. So now, how is that applicable in today's day and age? Everybody's giving fatwa. <laughs> Imagine, right? So they asked this, he goes, can I do it? He goes, no, you can't. They were wrong. The Prophet didn't say they were wrong. They get one reward because they weren't qualified. If a judge is qualified, he will get a wrong a reward if he's even if he's wrong. So this proves that those who are not qualified, this is a major sin. When people give fatwa, major sin. The Prophet is cursed. And he didn't just say, you know, may Allah, he goes, may Allah kill them. They killed him. So again, note, and this is why when you follow the schools, you've got nothing to worry about. You don't need to give fatwa. <coughs> I'm a humbly, I'm a shafi. There you go. It's done. The problem is when you think you know what you're doing. And every time you give a ruling, look at the threat. Who's threatening you with death? Rasulullah. Sallallahu alayhi wa So this is uh, the point. So now, there's a report. <coughs> In Darukutni Bazar ibn Khuzayba Hakim Sahih, Abdullah ibn Abbas, he recited this portion of the verse where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, if you are ill or on a journey, he explained, when a man has wounds suffered in the cause of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, or ulcerated lesions or smallpox, and he becomes sexually impure, he fears death 
if he performs ghusl, then he may perform tayyib. Mm. So Ibn Abbas is commenting here on this part of the verse. He's basically saying you can do tayyibum even with the presence of water. But when? He goes, number one, you are wounded in the cause of Allah, jihad. Number two, you've got ulcerated lesions, meaning you've got some skin ailments. And it'll aggravate it, make it worse. Or you've got smallpox, you know, an, an illness. And you fear death. Meaning you think this is going to seriously, might even cause my death. He goes, then you can perform tayyimum even if you need to do ghusl. <laughs> so no, there's mercy here. And also, of course, there's a famous hadith. The hadith is in Abu Dawood, Ahmad Sahih. And Amr ibn al-As, who was the commander of an army, he once woke up and he needed to have a bath. <laughs> and it was freezing, he said it. He goes, it was absolutely freezing. So he did tayyimum, even though there was water. And to make matters worse, he led the prayer. He was the Imam. And who was praying behind him in the front of Abu Bakr, Umar, and Abu Ubaidah. So he didn't tell anybody. But obviously in his heart, he went through his heart, he's thinking, what have I done? I've done tayyimum, and there was water. So when he comes back to the Prophet, he informs him. And the Prophet said, you performed tayyimum, and there was water. So Amr ibn al-Asr, he said, I quoted a verse to the Prophet, he goes, Allah the Almighty and Glorious says in Surah Nisa, do not kill yourself. <coughs> he goes, I feared that I would kill myself if I used the water. And the Prophet smiled. Meaning correct. So what does that tell you? What Ibn Abbas was saying, if you, this is a person without a wound. He just thought that the water is going to it's so cold, I might, I might die from hypothermia. The Prophet said you can do it. So on jihad, notice the great gift Salatullah gives. You know, they deserve it. But don't forget, this is jihad. Your boilers broke down. That's not jihad, is it? <laughs> Somebody said to me once, he goes, oh, boilers broke. And I wrote to him, he goes, well, put, get a pan, put it on cooker, warm the water, right? He goes, oh, I never thought of that. <laughs> you know, why are you jumping straight to Tayyim? But also, if you're ill, look at what Allah mentions, if you are ill, and then Ibn Abbas explained, you got some skin ailments and it's going to cause you problems. But if you have a wound, if you can tie over that wound, then you can obviously do what you needed to do. But if you think that it will uh, aggravate the wound, then even then tayyimum is permissible, according to what the scholars have mentioned. So note the issue of tayyimum, there's many reports, but I wanted to mention a few here with regards to this, this sacred passage. And there's other things which I'll mention some other time. So I'll recite the concluding part of the verse. Audhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Wa in kuntum junuban fattaharu. Wa in kuntum marda aw ala safarin aw jaa ahadum minkum minal ghaiti aw la mastumun nisaa falam tajidu maa'an fatayammamu fatayammamu su'idan tayyiban famsahu bi wujuhikum wa aydikum min maa yuridu allahu liyaj'ala alaykum min harajim لِيَجْعَلَ عَلَيْكُمْ مِنْ حَرَجُ وَلَاكِ يُرِيدُ لِيُطَحِّرَكُمْ وَلِيُتِمَّ نِعْمَتَهُ عَلَيْكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ 
We pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He makes the Quran from the Rabi of our hearts. And I pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He forgives me for any errors which I may have inadvertently uttered. So one day bihamdis, one kalahumu bihamdi ka ashulai lahi illa anta stafari ka tu bilayka adi bilayim rishidanjim. Subhana rabbi ka rabbi al-izzati amma yisifun. Assalamu alayhi wa rahmatullahi 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 w